0: Turn your Bible to Exodus 32, Exodus 32. It is uh, an honor to be in the house of God this morning, honor to still have freedom in our country we can come and worship God, and uh, just wanted to tell you where this uh, message is born from. Uh, we had the privilege, the awesome privilege of uh, going to uh, Chesterton, Indiana to Fairhaven Baptist Church and uh, Baptist College. And my wife had the privilege of uh, speaking in a ladies' conference out there, a ladies' fellowship. And uh, I had the awesome privilege of preaching in their midweek service. And I also was able to preach in their college chapel the next morning. And uh, as my heart was uh, just stirred on being able to get a message together uh, for Fairhaven and uh, both the services, uh, pastor asked me to preach on Sunday morning also. Our plane touched down yesterday at 10 a.m. My mind is racing all over the place. Uh, But I wanted to get something fresh from God, something uh, that is from God. And I've I've tried my best not to pull things out of the file in the cabinet. I know as the years go by, that's going to eventually end up happening because you re-preach the truths that you've already preached. Uh, But as I began to think, um, this is before last Sunday uh, during my devotions. Basically, the message was who's on the Lord's side uh, about the spiritual battle that we're in. And so I'm sitting there in my uh, pew, and I had already turned to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, looking about the armor of God, because if you're in a battle, brother, you got to put the armor on. And uh, pastor turned immediately uh, last Sunday. If you remember, he opened that we were in a battle. The battle is raging. Turn to Ephesians chapter six in my heart. <gasps> no, he, he's not going to do that, is he? Well, he did. <laughs> he, he started reading it. We'll get to Ephesians here in a moment. But I want to talk about the battle and show you about the Lord's side and, and how all that came about. Uh, but what he read all the way to um, stand therefore, talked about putting all the whole armor of God, stand therefore. And the next part says, having your loins girt gird about with truth. So the introduction, he never mentions the armor. I don't think it's strange. You can't hardly uh, read that passage without mentioning the armor, at least a passing mention of the armor. And so, like I said, I'm already turned there. I didn't even know that's what he's preaching. Uh, I'm just studying ahead of time, asking God to uh, stir my heart. So he preaches the first point, nothing about the armor. Second point, nothing about the armor. Third point, I said, here we go. We're going to get into armor and Lord's just going to have to give a different direction. Third point, didn't mention one piece of the armor, the whole message, not one piece of the armor. And I said, well, Lord, was that the Holy Spirit keeping him from mentioning that so we can talk about that today? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so as time, uh, gets, uh, time is with us, hopefully, uh, not hopefully, we will. I, I have to fast forward some things. We'll get to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to uh, read about the armor because it was really exciting to me about the armor. Uh, but before we start into the message, let's pray this morning. Father, we come before you again, and I plead with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear Savior, that you would fill me with the Spirit of God. Uh, Father, you know my incapabilities. You know I have no wisdom. Uh, you know I have no knowledge or strength other than you. Uh, you are my knowledge, you are my strength, you are my wisdom. I pray you'd fill me with the Spirit of God, uh, but not for me, but for, for your honor and for your glory. That we would receive something from you today, uh, that we would make decisions that please you, that we'd have a heart uh, that would get closer to you. Father, just please, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, that you'd be present with us today and that your Holy Spirit would do a marvelous work uh, in our lives. I pray for the one today here uh, that is on the fence about taking Christ as Savior and not so sure. I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict that person uh, of their need for the blessed Savior and that they would turn today in faith, taking Christ as their Savior, trusting in his death, burial, and resurrection. Please, Father, uh, do an amazing work. We trust you with all this, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so, um, uh, so the question is, who's on the Lord's side? Uh, we live in a constant battle. A constant battle uh, uh, rages. Uh, the battle is, is for our hearts, the battle's for our family, uh, the battle's for our faith. And uh, it's really time to pick a side. Uh, most of the things that we pick a side in, it has little or no significance. I've been in Alabama now for 10 years, and they've been trying to get me to pick between Alabama and Auburn. I don't, I don't really care about that. Not that I'm disrespecting Alabama or Auburn. I know the, the, the fallout that would happen if I do, all right? Uh, but picking aside, I'm a side, I'm a Longhorn. I'm from Texas. I, hey, there you go, right there. And hook, hooks down, hooks up. I see them because we got a uh, Oklahoma State fan back there. That's fine. Uh, but I don't give my, my life to that stuff. We don't even get uh, Longhorns and stuff when Alabama's beating them. The only time they get them on TV around here. Um, but pick a side. They want you to pick a side. But that's insignificant. When I was in the United States Navy, uh, really, before I joined, pick a side, what branch? And I, I joined the Navy, and uh, for some reason, we had a big ongoing battle with the Marines. And I think it, it stemmed from pride, because if you look at the Marines patch or the insignia, it says a Department of the Navy right there on that thing, and they don't like that. Um, I'm not looking at Brother Fowler, I'm just looking over here, probably got some Marines I don't know about. Uh, but we would have that battle of, of once a Marine, always a Marine. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. That's what they brainwashed you in boot camp. What side are you on? Uh, Navy, Marines, there's Air Force guys. What, that stuff is little of no significance at all. What, hoorah. What is that? Uh, it's a Marine that led me to Christ. So I have a, a soft place in my heart for Marines. A Marine had enough love for the Lord to tell me about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but choosing that side is insignificant. In you remember Brother Ross uh, here preaching about the ketchup, where you have it in the, the refrigerator or the cupboard. Uh, that really doesn't matter what side you're on. But I would interesting. I'd be interested to know who changed where they keep their ketchup. Miss Allison raised her hand. <laughs> Anybody else change where they keep their ketchup? I like mine in the refrigerator. That's just where I'm at. But then somebody pointed out when you go to Waterburger, they don't have the ketchup in the refrigerator, and that's some of my favorite ketchup. And I said, huh. But anyway, we're not talking about that this morning. <laughs> We're not talking about what side do you like your toast cut down the middle or diagonally. Of course, it's diagonally. That's just the only way to cut toast. Hello. Uh, But what side are you on the issue? Those sides are insignificant, but there is a a side uh, that matters. There's a side that matters about life and death. Uh, There's a side that matters about protection and peace. Uh, There's a side that matters about purpose and mission. Uh, That side is the Lord's side. And look in Exodus chapter uh, 32, uh, we pick up reading in verse 21. Exodus 32, verse 21. As, and Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee, that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. Uh, for they said unto me, Make us gods. Which shall go before us? For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not uh, what has become of him. And I said unto them, whosoever hath—excuse me—and I said unto them, whosoever hath any gold, let him break it off. Uh, so they gave me gave me it. Then I cast it in fire, and there came out this calf. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among the, their enemies. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto, unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side. If you're on the Lord's side, you're going to have to put your armor on. If you're on the Lord's side, you're going to have to have the armor of God. And we're going to talk about that here in a moment, about the armor of God. Uh, But they went out to a camp. I guess these guys that were uh, naked and dancing and playing and singing and and to this false calf uh, had made a camp together. And uh, death and judgment ended up coming to these individuals because 3,000 men fell that day. Uh, Judgment came on the house of Israel too because if you look down at verse 35, and the Lord plagued the people because they made uh, the calf which Aaron had made. Uh, But I want to walk down uh, Exodus 32 just a little bit right now. Uh, Look at the first verse when we see here. Go back to verse 1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, they gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up make us gods, which shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. Uh, So let me give you a caution right here. These people were impatient. Uh, 39 days at the most, uh, Moses spent 40 days on the mount. Uh, These people were impatient on waiting for God, uh, waiting for direction from God, and they start making decisions of idolatry uh, that end up costing them them lives. I want to give you a caution uh, about being impatient on on waiting on God, being impatient when God has not moved yet in your life. Uh, Just take a lesson from these folks right here. Just be patient and wait on the Lord. Uh, There are all kinds of decisions that you're going to have to make in your life. And if you get impatient and not wait on God, uh, you're going to make some mistakes in the decisions you make. Who you marry, where you work, where you go to school, uh, where you live. You get impatient, you start making decisions, uh, it may end up causing a a great curse to come upon you. Uh, In Deuteronomy 11, verse 26 and 28, it says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. Be patient and wait on the Lord. Be patient and wait on the Lord. Then you see here, uh, not only were they impatient, but, but they disrespected the man of God. Uh, they said here, um, they called Moses, up make us God. Um, Up, Make us gods which shall go before us for as for this Moses. Uh, That's all that he became is this Moses. Ungrateful that he had led them out of bondage, Uh, this Moses, uh, they disrespected the man of God. Uh, Not only that, but they disrespected Aaron when they came to him uh, and said to the the other man of God, and Aaron was a man of God, uh, that they commanded him. They didn't ask permission, but they commanded him. Uh, To make them gods, they said unto Aaron. Said unto them, Up, make us gods. So they commanded him immediately uh, to make them gods. Uh, And and so this is uh, uh, basically disrespecting the man of God, and that's not very wise uh, for these people to do. And then uh, we see here, number two, Aaron said, "Break off the earrings from your wives, your sons, and your daughters." Verse two, and Aaron said to them, "Break off uh, the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons." And your daughters and bring them unto me. I don't know what preacher, what man of God can uh, read that and not preach a little bit. Um, Preach a little bit on the subject. And I'm going to give you my opinion right now. Uh, And I I make it very clear. It's my opinion. I believe uh, that men, especially men of God, have no business wearing earrings. Uh, In my day growing up, you had one, one earring on either right or left. Talk about what persuasion you are. And somehow uh, the brain got messed up and God said it was cool to have two earrings on now. Uh, so we have men all over our country with earrings in. I'm going to tell you, men of this church, uh, don't you dare put any earrings in your ear. And so my, my, also my opinion is you ought not to put any bracelets on either. Get the bracelets off your hands. Unless you're at the hospital and you just given birth and you need that to get in to see your baby, which after you get out of the hospital, cut that thing off or you have some kind of paper thing to get into some kind of amusement park or something, you ought not to be wearing bracelets. As a lost man, we put the silver braces on, the gold bracelets. Uh, we thought we were cool. And not only that, men ought to not be wearing necklaces. And I, I'm not joking on this because uh, it's time to draw the line who's on the Lord's side. We've got so much confusion in our land today with this transgenderism and and we get so riled up, almost embarrassed to talk about how wicked that sin is of the homosexuality and and the transgenderism all the while not realizing that it is our fault that they're like that because the house of the living God, the church of the living God has decided a long time ago to make such a big issue of clothing. Uh, uh, ladies and men alike, ladies, I'm not putting on, they say, I'm not putting on no dress. Oh, you want me to put it on to come to church? Well, I'll do that. But bless God, when I get home, I'm not putting no dress on. I'm not wearing any dress. I'm not going to dress like a woman, like a godly woman is supposed to. Uh, and the men are no different now. The men all over our country got long hair uh, and, and, and the church of God got long hair. And, and we have no reason uh, to, to not expect it's our fault for uh, blaspheming God and God's commandment about men not wearing that which pertainment to the woman and a, man, a woman putting on a man's garment. We have no reason uh, to complain that all the confusion is happening right now in our country. It's our fault. It's our fault. Churches all across this land, and you know what I'm talking about, has said, that's not a big issue to me. Uh, there's a young man got saved not too long ago, and uh, it was talked about in our newcomer's class. We do ask our ladies to dress like ladies when they come to church. And uh, some ladies get shocked about that, and they get very angry in that class. Uh, not one time in that class when we said the men are not to put on a dress, not one time has a man got upset about that. Go figure. I bet, I bet that would, I don't bet, but I imagine that would change in today's society. Um, I know this can be a sensitive issue for some. Uh, but don't let it be a sensitive issue because if you're on the Lord's side, uh, then let the world know you're on the Lord's side. Dress like you're on the Lord's Amen. side. Act like you're on the Lord's Amen. side. And that is not a legalistic command. That is a heart of surrender and a heart of love because I'm on the Lord's side. I will do everything that my God would ask me to do. I'm going to put away pride and arrogancy. But that young man that got saved, uh, they uh, I guess went to that meeting and, and the person had a, a major problem with that. And and basically, this young man says, what's your problem? You got five dresses at the house. What is the big deal about that? Why are you? I don't understand why you're making such a big deal about this dress and and why it's such a big deal to dress like the Lord or dress for the Lord. I don't understand all that. Uh, But that's where we're at right now. And I ask you, just choose today. Are you going to be on the Lord's side? If you are, there's going to have to be some decisions that you make. And you're either going to be an abomination or not. Uh, This is a serious thing. Uh, Because anything after it says, and all that do so are an abomination, we should take it very serious in our life. And again, let me be very clear. This is only if you're saved. If you're not born again, then you go ahead and keep wearing the pants and dressing like men. and, and, And guys, you keep the earrings in and you keep the bracelets and the necklace. If you aren't born again, you just keep all that stuff. That's fine. That's what lost people do. But if you're born again... And matter of fact, for lost people, none of that stuff, because we're as a matter of fact, if you're lost here, don't put on a dress. Don't don't put on don't worry about any of that stuff. The only thing you gotta worry about is getting born again. Right. Getting saved. You don't need to conform to anything. Not any of our, our rules, our standards, our testimonies. You just worry about getting born again. That's that's the next thing on your agenda right now. And the Holy Spirit of God, God will change you as you get born again. Amen. So and then and, and this is for born-again people. Obey God, keep His commandments if you're born again. Be godly if you're born again. If if you're not, don't worry about those things. Get saved. But if you are, there's a responsibility we have. Uh, But these men had earrings and and, and all this. And then verse 3, all the people break off the golden earrings which were in the ears and brought them to Aaron. Uh, And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with the graving tool after he made the molten calf. And they said, uh, this be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron, uh, when Aaron saw, uh, he built an altar. He's not going to remember this when he's excusing his sin later. Uh, but he saw this golden calf and he, he got so excited uh, that he built an altar. By the way, uh, Aaron, Aaron had a, a, a great fault here. That gr- great fault is, is that he didn't please and glorify God. Uh, we are all uh, we are all created to please and glorify God. Uh, look back at uh, just keep your hand here, but look back at Exodus 28. Uh, this was God's man, and Aaron Aaron had a, a great uh, fallity when he listened to the people. Uh, he listened to the people. He uh, chose the people over God in Exodus uh, 28. Uh, and take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him. "...from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me, and the priest office, even Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, uh, Elizear, Ithamar, uh, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, uh, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garment to to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest office." This was Aaron's responsibility to minister uh, in the stead of God. He was to minister to these people. Instead, he was influenced by these people. Uh, and this is something that we all, uh, anyone in here that is a leader needs to pay attention to this. Anyone in here that is a parent needs to pay attention to this. Uh, that you don't get influenced by the people. Uh, by the people, especially rebellious people, that you're not influenced by them. Uh, Because end end up what will happen is death and destruction comes upon him. Leaders, uh, you lead at your job and your home. You lead and don't worry if you're leading godly and righteousness. Don't worry uh, what the rebels say about you. Don't worry about the the spirit that comes and attacks you. Uh, You just be on the Lord's side and you live for the honor and glory of God. Now if you're leading, then you lead godly and righteously. You lead in a way that's pleasing to the Lord uh, parents, pay attention to this because uh, you'll you'll have some challenges with your with your children. Uh, I've noticed it seems like when parents have children, the youngest one gets away with murder. They stop disciplining. They stop. They stop. And I'm not talking about being unreasonable in your discipline. I'm talking about disciplining in love, uh, disciplining in righteousness. Uh, but somehow because of, of the cry of the children. That's not fair, and we didn't like how you raised us and, uh, and start complaining about uh, the provisions that God has made them. All of a sudden, the heart gets moved. And we start compromising. We start uh, falling asleep, and then all of a sudden, uh, we're at a, a place where we're end up, we harm a bunch of people's lives because we compromise. Uh, don't think for a second there's not compromising preachers all over this land right now that are saying uh, peace and happiness. There are all kinds of churches out there that are meeting this morning that have all kinds of wickedness and ungodliness going on right now. Uh, There are men that have departed from the word of God and it comes through the contemporary music. That's the first thing it comes through. It'll come through the music. You start listening to the music. You start getting a taste for that. And all of a sudden, your heart gets exposed to other things. Uh, Next thing you know, you're dropping standards here. You're dropping standards there. Uh, You're dropping separation. Uh, You're you're relaxing. You're not wanting to listen to preaching as you once listened to preaching. You don't have a heart for God uh, because in the battle, you got battle weary. And all of a sudden, all this stuff has come upon you. And you've just kind of let your guard down a little bit. Uh, that's what Aaron did. He let his guard down completely, allowed these people to get in idolatry. Uh, they made this golden calf. Uh, they started worshiping this golden calf. And uh, when that compromise comes, let me warn you this in 1 Samuel 15, 23, for rebellion is, is the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Uh, you have that rebellion, rebellious heart, even the things that you're here. I didn't plan on saying any of that this morning, by the way. I didn't play, you think I'm studying there playing? Yeah, I'm gonna speak about dress this morning. That'll be real popular. <laughs> I didn't study about any of that stuff, but when you're stubborn and, and, and stiff necked on these issues, that's is no better than you making a golden calf yourself. And the anger of the Lord is not is, is not is kindled against us when we do these kind of things. Moses comes down, he, he gets so angry and, and he crushes that golden idol and puts it in the water, makes the nation of Israel drink it uh, because of that idolatry and, and sin. Uh, matter of fact, it, it disrupted the fellowship that, uh, that Moses had with God. Uh, God looked down, and, and in verse 7, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get, get thee down, for thy people which thou have broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded thee. They have made them molten, uh, a molten calf and have worshipped it uh, and, and sacrificed. And, and so God was very angry and displeased with these people. And then we start getting into the intercessory prayer of Moses. Uh, Moses is pleading with God to turn back his, his wrath and his anger. Uh, Moses is pleading with him. By the way, just to save time, one of the uh, uh, armor, one of the pieces of armor of God, or or one of the weapons we have in Ephesians six eighteen, it says, "Praying always with prayer and all supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all, and watching thereunto uh, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." Uh, That intercessory prayer that Moses has right now, uh, and I want you to turn with me back to uh, the end of the book here. Uh, Just talking about this intercessory prayer as Moses is pleading with these folks, uh, pleading with God on their behalf in verse 31. And Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and had made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, look what he says, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. He is so broken on the sins of these people that he's willing for God to blot himself out of the, own, the book that God has written. Uh, Paul the Apostle uh, was no different in, in Romans 9, 2, and 3. It says, uh, That I have great heaviness and continuous sorrow in my heart. For I wish uh, that myself were a curse for Christ's sake for my brother and my kinsmen according to the flesh. Uh, but having that heart that if people would come to Christ and, and, and believers would have their sins forgiven, that we ourselves uh, would pluck ourselves out of the hand of God and be willing to uh, face the eternal judgment and separation from God, uh, that intercessory prayer, God, would you please be merciful to the people? Would you please save sinners? Would you please uh, work in the hearts of your people? Please, Father, but having that prayer and that heart for God to make a difference in the lives of these people. Again, I ask you the question, who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? Uh, Aaron here in this passage of scripture, uh, you see here back to um, verse 21. And Moses said unto Aaron, what did this people unto thee? What did they do unto you? Did they offend you? Did they harm you? Did they attack you? What, this, what in the world did this people do to you that you would bring such great sin upon them? Why would you do this? Why would you make this decision? Why would you depart from the living God? And he, he starts making excuses. For they said unto me, make us gods which shall go before us. As for this Moses starts blaming Moses now. Uh, no, in verse 22, he's upset. He, he's upset that he's caught. Uh, because he's, Aaron says, "Let let uh, let not the anger of my lord wax hot." Uh, don't be mad at me, Moses. Come on now, come on now. Uh, making excuses of the consequences of a sin. Thou knowest the people starts blaming other people for their mischief. Uh, that's what happens when we're reproved. Uh, be careful when you're rebuked and re- rebuked and reproved that you don't start blaming others and making excuses in your life. Uh, for they said unto be "Up, make us gods." And we reread the story, uh, the wickedness of that. Uh, But the question I have for you this morning is, who's on the Lord's side? Uh, We're in a battle. You can go ahead and turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, we're in a battle uh, this morning. Uh, You've been in a battle for a long time. If you're a believer, you're in a constant battle. Uh, And here are some of the things that we battle. Let me find the passage of Scripture here. All right, one of the battles we have is uh, salvation uh, through grace, by, faith, by grace through faith, versus salvation by good works or baptism. That's one of the battles we have. One of the battles we have is the spirit versus the flesh. That's a battle that you won't get rid of because you still have Adam's nature. Uh, the battle of, of pride versus humility, separation versus worldliness, love versus hate, forgiveness versus bitterness faith versus unbelief, truth versus lies, the armor of God versus the wiles of the devil. Look what it says in in chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, uh, wherewith ye shall be able to uh, quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So here uh, we see the armor of God. Uh, we have an enemy uh, before, before let, let me say this, before you're on the Lord's side, uh, you're the enemy of God. You have the wrath of God abiding on you, okay, before you're even on the Lord's side, before you make that decision. Um, and so... My high school years, I, I did a lot of uh, football, as you know, in the past. I, I've, I've shared my testimony. I did a lot of football. Um, I, I grew up in a broken home. Uh, football became my release. It became my, my uh, the thing that, that, that got me out of, of the mental state that I was in. I used to play football very angry. Um, very angry. And uh, it got me a scholarship uh, n- near uh, North Texas. So, Uh, With all that being said, I put on a bunch of football equipment, Uh, shorts and T-shirts. We normally would put the the pants on first. They would have knee pads. Uh, They would have hip pads. They would have thigh pads. Uh, They would have hip pads. They would have a tailbone pad. Uh, And so you would gird yourself on uh, with those. Now, this illustration doesn't work great because we didn't have a sword or a shield. I'm just going to tell you ahead right now. It doesn't work great. But then... Uh, after that, we, we, we put it on, and you had this weird belt. You had to figure out like these loops and all this different stuff to to try It was a weird belt. Um, anyway, uh, put, put on the, the pants, and then and then we went on and we put on the the shoulder pads. Uh, we buckled those things underneath, clicked them here, clicked them there, we usually hit ourselves on here. It sounded pretty cool when you hit those, and, and uh, you felt pretty good. You end up trying to get this little jersey on over all this stuff. Uh, you finally get that on, and you feel a little sense of pride. You see the big number. Uh, we didn't have our name on our back, but I had the big 85 on the, on the jersey. Uh, and, then, and then we would, uh, no, 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 I missed a step. Before we put the shoulder pads on, we got down and put the cleats on. You don't you want to put the cleats on while you have the shoulder pads on. This is, this is, it just doesn't work all that great. Uh, so put the cleats on, put the shoulder pads and then you put the helmet on. You don't put it on in the, in the clubhouse. You, you walk out with it, but you put that helmet on and you put that armor on, you start feeling invincible, uh, like you could run through a brick wall and uh, you have all this uh, uh, emotions and, and all this up. So I was going to liken uh, the uh, football equipment to the uh, armor of God, uh, but here's the problem. The Lord was leading me to talk about the helmet of salvation first. Because you can't get into the Lord, the, you can't be on the Lord's uh, side until you get saved first. And so I don't have any of the other stuff on, but I'm gonna put the helmet on. I was gonna get a football helmet and do this, uh, but put the helmet of salvation on. Uh, that helmet of salvation is understanding that the Lord Jesus Christ and his love and mercy uh, paid a sin debt for you. Uh, everyone in here needs a Savior, everyone in here has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone in here at some point had the judgment of God upon them, the wrath of God upon them. Uh, but the Lord Jesus Christ in His love and mercy uh, was born, lived about 33 years of life, and, and He allowed them to put, put Him on an old rugged cross. This was God robed in human flesh to pay for the sin debt of all mankind, no matter what race, creed, religion. Uh, he died for the Catholics. He, he died for the Calvinists. He died for the Hindus and for the Buddhists. He died for all mankind, that everyone that would recognize Jesus Christ, who he is, that he died in their place, was buried three days, he rose from the dead, they would recognize that and exercise their free will to put their faith and trust in him and him alone uh, to save their soul and give them the gift of eternal life. That's a decision that I beg and plead with you today, that if you had not made that decision, Uh, That the Holy Spirit of God would convict you of your sin, that you've sinned against God, a righteousness that you have none, and that judgment is coming. Death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Today I plead with you uh, to choose to be on the Lord's side by taking Christ as your personal Savior. Uh, It's a decision. Matter of fact, it's a decision you can do right now in your pew. Uh, You can get saved. I think some people get saved as they're walking down the aisle. Uh, you don't necessarily have to come front to, get, come to the front to get eternal life in your heart right now, and you know who you are if you're not saved. Uh, you know that if you've just been coming to church, playing the game, you know exactly who you are right now. There's a conviction of the Holy Spirit right now convicting your spirit about sin and righteousness and judgment to come. You know exactly who you are. And in that conviction that you could say in your heart, Jesus Christ, I believe on you. I accept you as my personal Savior I now accept you and trusting only in your death, and resurrection to take me to heaven when I die. Save me right now, Jesus. Right now I'm putting my faith and trust in you. You can cry out in your heart. Uh, I was out witnessing uh, and I knocked on one guy's door and I I go to the door and I said, uh, now do you know for sure you're gonna go to heaven when you die? And he shook his head and said, no, I don't know for sure. I said, if you don't mind, can we take the word of God and show you how you can know for sure? He said, that'd be fine. Why don't y'all come in? Uh, We start talking with him and uh, he goes and tries to wake his wife up who's in the bedroom he says, Hun, you need to come hear this message. You need to come hear this message about salvation. Uh, the whole time she refused. She stayed in that, in that bedroom the whole time. And uh, as we are going over the plan of salvation and ultimately giving him the gospel that he had sinned against God, uh, that, that judgment was coming, uh, that he had no righteousness, uh, we went to Romans chapter 10 and started reading in, in verse 9. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thy heart that God had raised them from the dead... Thou shalt be saved. Amen. It goes on to say, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And uh, the next verse says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Uh, if you truly believe, you wouldn't care if there was ten thousand people around. If you realized that you were in danger of hellfire, brother, I don't care how many people are around, and you're telling me I got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and call on Him. I believe with all my heart, Jesus, would you save me? I don't care if a whole assembly of people are here. I'm going to ask him to save me in my soul, uh, save me in my sin. And so I asked that man, I said, now, would you like to uh, ask the Lord Jesus to save you and take you to heaven? Uh, He says, I'm already saved. I said, what? I said, sir, you're asking for the Holy Spirit to fill you and give you wisdom as you're talking. He says, I'm already saved. I said, sir. You you told me that uh, when we knocked on the door that you didn't know for sure you're going to heaven. He says, I didn't. I said, Well, how are you telling me that you're saved right now? He says, You read that verse, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He says, In my heart, I asked Jesus to save me, right? When you read that verse. Well, you're going to be disappointed, Brother Alvarado. Because I said, sir, we don't do it like that. Bow your head right now and pray after me. <laughs> no. <laughs> that man got eternal life because in his heart, this is what happens. In your heart, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You put all your faith and trust in him and him alone. Nothing else, nothing else. Not a single thing. Not, and, and that's where I want to talk about the armor of God right now. Uh, as I was studying this armor of God, you have to, you have to stick with me on this one. Uh, because it, it was a surprise to me. Um, But the first part I I want you to look at is verse 10. This is vitally important. And I'm going to give you the conclusion right now. This whole message is that Christ Jesus should have the preeminence of your life. Uh, He should have your love, your loyalty, your faith, your surrender, your whole life. Jesus should be first. Uh, His power, his life, everything about him should be have the preeminence in your life. Look at verse 10. Finally, brother, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. And the power of his might, you just stop right there. This armor is not man-made. This armor is not conjured up by us. Each piece of this armor represents the Lord Jesus Christ. I started seeing that, and I, man, I was having a little shouting time. I was like, That's, how's that? Whoa, hold on. Loy, uh, loins of truth? No, Lord, there's a bunch of verses I can talk about truth, how we should walk in truth, but they all go in, in concordance with the word of God. Uh, matter of fact, let me give you some of these verses about truth. Uh, in Psalm 51, David's cry was uh, uh, that the Lord would know truth from the inward parts, right? To know that truth. And this, this is what Jesus said in, in, in John eight thirty two, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In John seventeen seventeen, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. John fourteen six, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The truth is the Lord Jesus Christ. Gird him about the loins with truth. Be strong in the Lord Jesus Christ, having the preeminence. Uh, And this is the one that really uh, had sealed the deal to convince me that this was representing the Lord Jesus Christ. All of this armor uh, was the the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, The breastplate of righteousness. And I realize in Romans uh, 3.10 it says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Not a single person outside of the Lord Jesus Christ has any righteousness of their own. Uh, matter of fact, in that verse that I quoted, uh, the second verse, uh, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With our heart we believe on the righteousness of Christ, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. He trades us our sin debt then for all of His righteousness, uh, we get the righteousness of God the moment we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. We get all of His righteousness. Now, we should live in righteousness. We should walk in righteousness. Uh, Titus uh, teaches that. Uh, denying uh, worldly lusts and, uh, our ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. But that breastplate of righteousness is of the Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians one through 29-31, that no flesh should glory in His presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. 2 Corinthians five twenty one. for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Uh, so the righteousness is the Lord Jesus Christ. And then uh, it goes on to say here, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now we should be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh of the reason, of the hope that is in us with meekness and fear. In my Sunday school class this morning, we just went over uh, witnessing and, and testimony and pleasing the Lord. We, we went down 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And if you continue reading, it starts telling us that that newness is the, the word of reconciliation, the ministry of Reconciliation. Uh, reconciling those that know, don't know Christ to the Lord Jesus Christ, that ministry of reconciliation. Uh, and so we could talk about that, our feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I, and I will challenge you, how is your fishing going? How, when's the last time you've witnessed? Are you actively witnessing for Christ? Are you actively sharing the gospel? Are you looking for lost souls? Are, do you have a heart for that? Do you have a heart to uh, to share your testimony and, and witness to folks? But uh, that feet shod with the pre- preparation of the gospel of peace, uh, remembering this, that uh, Jesus said in, in, in John uh, fourteen twenty seven, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Isaiah 26, 6, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be uh, called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Good job, brother. The Prince of Peace. Uh, taking Above all, taking the shield of faith, uh, which may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Uh, that faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I, preached at, at, uh, I had the privilege of preaching at uh, Fairhaven uh, Baptist Church there in their midweek service, and I preached about our faith being increased, and it does need to be increased. Uh, for the trials that we have, for the temptations that we're going to face, uh, for our testimony of life, our faith needs to be increased. Uh, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's the only way our faith is going to get increased. Uh, not on that, but through the trials we go through sometimes, realizing that God never leaves us, never forsakes us. And through all those trials, he is di- there right there with us uh, and seeing wonderful things in the word of God. That faith just gets more and more increased. Uh, but the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Look what it says. Or let me just read some verses. I'm, I'm running out of time. Galatians 2.16, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we believe in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Galatians 3.26, For we are all the children of God by faith in, in Christ Jesus. Galatians 5.6, uh, For in uh, Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh love. Uh, And again, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Uh, And then last we see here uh, the sword of the Spirit, and and that being the Lord Jesus Christ also. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Uh, All things were made by him, and was not anything made that was made. But looking at this armor uh, realizing that it needs to be our faith in Jesus Christ, uh, our, our, faith, our faith in having and giving Him the preeminence in, in our life. And I'll give you some supporting uh, uh, passages. Why? Because uh, in this battle that we're in, we, uh, we're in, we get weary sometimes. Uh, if you haven't got weary in the battle, then you haven't been in the battle very long. It gets very tiresome. Uh, it, it messes with our minds sometimes. Uh, Father, have I done enough to please you? Uh, why am I not seeing more people saved? Why is the message I preach is not having any power? What, why, why is this happening? Why is that happening? And, and the battle ends up getting weary and there's a term called battle weary uh, that's uh, it originated from soldiers who have been in the battlefield too long and are tired of being there. Uh, some of the, uh, the, the things, the battle fatigue or combat fatigue and a soldier is characterized by depression, anxiety, a loss of motivation caused by stress of active warfare, uh, basically being defeated. Uh, now, we live the victorious Christian life. We are in victory in Christ Jesus, uh, but in the battle, we get weary sometimes. And so when we give Christ the preeminence, he ends up giving us the strength. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, uh, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this one. Hebrews 12, 1 through, uh, 1 through 3 uh, this is when, when you feel like you're defeated, cold-hearted, worldly, fleshly, unconcerned for the souls of man, uh, don't want to hear another sermon about dress, don't want to hear another sermon about giving, don't want to hear another servant, uh, sermon about, uh, about serving God. Uh, if that ends up being you, uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him. Could you consider Him this morning? Could can, can you consider Look past what you heard, look past the yelling, look past me, but consider Christ who endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Can you consider Christ this morning, give him preeminence? Can you make a decision this morning to uh, give him first place? If you've seen that you've gotten battle weary, uh, that you remember that you're on the Lord's side, you're on the winning side, And Satan wants to defeat you. He wants you to feel cold-hearted. He wants you to feel defeated. But that's not God's will for your life. And so let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you again this morning. And uh, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the message about uh, being on the Lord's side, being in the battle. Thank you for the armor that you've given us. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray this morning in the name of Jesus Christ that someone here that has not taken you as personal Savior and, and chose to trust you, Uh, with their whole heart uh, that even right now as we pray that they would ask you to save their soul uh, that they would put their faith in in the God of heaven the Lord Jesus Christ to save them I pray that they would make that decision known and father for your children uh, those that your Holy Spirit touched today I pray that they would uh, uh, respond in the invitation uh, make decisions uh, for you uh, to be on fire and love with you again uh, more so to give you the preeminence father would you do the work And Father, I pray that as we have the invitation that you be honored and glorified. And we pray all this in Jesus' name.